Kia ora, and welcome to the Aspire Church podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. Today I'm talking about weakness is so in right now. Um, and But before we go there, I saw this um, little poster up in our house, and I thought, actually, this is not just for us as a Pauli family. This could be for the Aspire family, because we're a house. This is a house, it doesn't matter which building we're in, but we're a house of God, we're a family of God. If you're not a believer yet, that's what happens when you you become part of the body of Christ, is you become part of the family of God, which is international. It's in heaven right now, and they're waiting for us, and they're calling us home, but we're not there yet. So let's um, enjoy this life as we have it now. So in this house, we do real, we do mistakes, we do I'm sorry, we do second chances, we do fun, we do hugs, we do forgiveness, we do really loud, we do family, and we do love. So I thought this morning, just as a fun way of getting a little bit um, into my message, I'd like you to stand up with me, we're going to do a bit of a, like a... I don't know, we can see, see if we can make it into a rap or something, we'll see. So I'm going to shout it out with this each statement, and then you're going to respond in kind, and join in with me. So, in this house, we Sorry, I'll say each sentence and you respond Got back. It. Got it? Okay, we'll try it again. In this house, in this house, we do real, we do real, we do mistakes, we do mistakes, we do I'm sorry, we do I'm sorry, we do second chances, we do second chances, we do fun, we do love, we do hugs, we do forgiveness, we do forgiveness, we do really loud, we do family, and we do love. Give someone a high five and end the water. Okay, so I'm pointing. I'm making an emphasis on we do real this morning. Because as we do real, as we do real as individuals, as we do real as um, families, as a church, the, the impact that we can have on a hurting world right. on Tahuna Nui. My husband and I actually live here in Tahuna Nui. And can I tell you from the party that went until about 11.30 last <laughs> night, Tahuna Nui is hurting. Wow. Um, you know, Tahuna Nui is, is a place that needs real people talking about real life things. And when we can be weak and be vulnerable, because there's such vulnerability, isn't there, um, in our weakness. And um, it's felt something like that. <laughs> when you can be vulnerable and when you can be real, it opens doors to people's hearts. Yeah. And so today, um, my message is called Weakness is So In Right Now. In fact, weakness is always in. You'll hear from the Bible that weakness has been really cool um, <laughs> since way back when Jesus talked about it. And it's so in right now, it will, it will be in forever because it is such an, a gateway, an open door 
for people to to be healed and to to, to be transformed. Um, so this morning I'm going to share some real life stories of my own and of my husband's. It's our story. He has given me permission to share what I am about to share with, with you this morning. Um, bless you, my love. Um, I'm going to share some Bible verses and as I tell you my story. And then at the end, we're going to, I'm going to lead you in an, an exercise of giving our weaknesses, our personal things to the Lord and to watch him do amazing things in our lives. So, are you ready for the first real-life story? Yes. Great. So, a few months ago, I had had a really crabby, real crabby few days. Like, just so that, you know, rah, the, the mother bear, the lion, the lioness was coming out of me. I felt so tired, quite foggy, the fogginess or the, um, like a jumbled mind is one of the things that I have as a, as a weakness that I've had to battle with in the last few years. So at that stage, this foggy um, cloudiness was really consuming me at the time. Um, I sometimes feel out of control. I even swore a few times out loud, which for me is a big <laughs> warning bell. It's like one of, we each have those kind of, I guess, barometers or things in our lives that we know are our like, oh, you're, you're, you're not doing so well there, Claire. So that for me, if I swear out in my head or out loud, that's one of my things, and I'm like, oh, Claire, hold the phone, like settle down. Um, and I just, yeah, I just didn't want to be needed. Didn't want to be needed. I didn't want to be needed. Didn't want to be wanted. Just like, leave me alone. Mr. Three-year-old was constantly saying, hey, mummy. Hey, mummy, hey, mummy, all the time. I had little, uh, at the time, so let's say Jordan would have been around nine months, so Mr. Nine months old was still needing me, still feeding, still um, lots of cuddles and all of those things, lots of being needed. Now, let's say it's quarter to eight in the morning. Isaac and I are getting ready for to say goodbye to him for work. He takes the bike, and um, I needed to get the boys Elijah to Kindy. Now, this particular day was raining, and we were having a discussion about who would be worst off in the rain. His trip to work, his, or my trip to Kindy. Let's just say, I gave him one of those, I'll kiss you and say I love you. Just in case I never see you again. <laughs> Not necessarily because I feel like it this morning. <laughs> and I responded to him out of this like, well, fine, if you're going to be like that, take the car. And I just thought to myself, what an example to be setting to my boys who are standing there watching Mummy and Daddy have this lovely conversation. And we say goodbye to Daddy, and I don't even, to be honest, I don't even remember who took the car. It doesn't matter. But we had this disagreement. I was crabby. I'd had these terrible, terrible days. And then I go to put the garage door down, and the garage door freezes. And it was as if the whole world was laughing at my face, saying, ha, 
Now you've got yet another thing to do before you try and get your two boys out of the house and to kindy. You haven't even packed the two pound snack boxes yet for lunch. And both boys like to plank when you're trying to get them into this, their car seats at home. In fact, Jordan has gone, gone from planking, he's gone next level planking. It's like, and he does this arch for his whole back. It must be some kind of yoga move or something. It's not okay when you're, trying, when you're stressed already. So before dealing with the broken garage door, I escaped to the loo. And uh, it used to be a place of sanctuary, but for every parent in this room knows, Mummy or Daddy doing a number one or a number two is a big deal. <laughs> it's a really big deal. So I've got, I've locked the door, both boys are outside, and they are doing this whining kind of duet. <laughs> and I'm not okay with this. And uh, these words come out of my mouth. Leave me alone! Leave me alone! Go and play! condemnation in my heart. I just said to myself, no, not again. I don't want to live like this. I can't do another day in such a foul mood. How could I say such things to my children? How could I leave my husband on his way to work in such a way? I felt so weak, so spent, so ashamed and embarrassed of my weakness. And of course, as with everything else in life, these things, they push on that, like, that thing that's always already right. with our way, eh? Like, ooh. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, con I'm thinking of all the other times I've said dumb things to them or dumb, dumb, dumb things to the children and to, to my husband, things I've regretted. Now, perhaps you've also had moments like this too, moments where you feel so weak, so frail, so incapable, such a failure. It might not be tired or crabbiness, it might be a, an addiction, a, a physical problem you've got, a grief, an emotional issue, a mental issue. But whatever your weakness is, God, that evening, God gave me a revelation, like a mindset shift change about this whole concept of weakness. Now, by in that evening, God gave me a, a revelation. I mean, at four o'clock in the morning, like stupid o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Why, you ask, was I awake at that horrendous hour? Well, two weeks prior to this, where's his daddy, Paul Smith, had a message that had really impacted my husband. And Isaac had come home telling me that he had prayed this daring prayer and it was kind of like on behalf of us. Lord, wake me up in the middle of the night. Do whatever it takes to get my attention, to get our attention. Now, on one hand, I was thinking, you are never more sexy to me than when you lead our family spiritually. On the other hand, I was shaking my fist at the sky, shouting an internal, no! I had just begun having a baby who was 
starting to show the beginnings of sleeping through the night. It was about nine months old, we had all of that time, so it was well over a year that I had had any kind of actual sleep, undisturbed sleep. But I kept my mouth shut <laughs> and I wanted and I encouraged my husband, wow, what a huge sacrifice you're making for the Lord. Because I know that he dearly loves his sleep. <laughs> he really does. But I was proud of the way Isaac was true to his prayer. And in the following days, as he felt prompted, he did get up miraculously. And bless him, he tried his best to respect my desire to keep sleeping and went out quietly. Now, I was more than happy for Isaac to be the one who was woken up in the middle of the night and I happily left him to it, feeling that I deserved to be left alone by the Holy Spirit at night time. Thank you very much. <laughs> On this particular very crabby day, this, the night of all of that, um, telling my children to leave me alone and all of that kind of thing, Mr. Three woke up at two o'clock in the morning and he wasn't needing me for anything. He was just laughing with his friends. And his friends happened to be two fluffy bunnies and one fluffy mouse called Squeak, which he used to call Geek because he couldn't say Squeak. How cute is that? So Fluffy's and Geek, he's hanging out with them at two o'clock in the morning, party in the cot, and he wakes me up. I'm not okay with this. Totally not okay with this. I was even more impressed when over an hour and a half later, I'm still wide awake. And nothing I did was sending me sheep counting. Eventually, Isaac murmurs to me, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. To which I responded in despair, I've been awake for over an hour and a half. Maybe the Lord is trying to say something to us. <laughs> I seriously got a snort in reply. Fine. Fine, Isaac. Fine, Holy Spirit. I went out to the lounge, I grabbed my jar of peanut butter and a spoon and a glass of milk and my Bible and I sat down and I listened, tried to listen to the Holy Spirit. It was almost as if he said to me, now I've got your attention. Wow. in bed, you're all asleep, finally I've got your attention. Now, this particular Bible devotional I was reading, it's called Jesus Calling, and it was all about how God wants to use our weaknesses for his glory. And so, of course, I'm feeling very weak at that moment. I'm already hacked off that I'm awake. I'm anxious about the fact that I'm awake. I've had these terrible days with the boys. And he led me to 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, can you turn there with me? 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 to 10. So to give a tiny bit of context, um, Paul is has got this owie that's just not leaving him, not letting him go, and he's praying, he's asking God to relieve him of this, this stress that's in his life. Whatever it was, I don't know, but... If we go down to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Here we go. Each time, I'm reading from the New, uh, New Living Translation. And then I'm also going to do the message because both of them are exceptional. 
Here we go. Each time God said, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, the message version puts it like this. My grace, and this is God talking, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen, let the, the weakness happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride. And with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. So good. Now, in that moment, peanut butter in the hands, listening to the Holy Spirit, I got this, I, I, I kind of flashed back to the, the days that I'd had, the bad days. Um, and then I got this picture of if, if this is all I have, if this is my weakness, then if it's saying, if it's the truth, the Bible's the truth, that means that Jesus gets to fill up the rest. He gets to be like the strength for me. He gets to do that when I get to bring him this little bit. Now, I'm going to draw it up in, um, on the board here because I just saw it like this. So if this is, let's say this is the, not that there's a top to God's ability to work through us, but let's say this is the top and this is the bottom. Now, if this is, let's say I'm giving, I can give God, I've got this weakness here within me. It's not a huge amount of strength. I'm tired, worn out, sick, whatever it is. I saw that if I go up like this, here we go. And here's the other one here. Okay, so I'll get my red pen. Is this, does this have a mathematical, is this a bell shaped curve? What is this? It's what you think it might be? But that shape, let's say if this is this is us and our our weakness, so let's put weakness here. And this is God's ability to shine. So we'll just put God here. God's strength. Which he gives to us. How cool is that? So he he showed me this this little diagram in my mind. I have used that so many times in the last three months since he showed this to me. I'm just on a daily basis, and I'll talk more about that soon. But he, it was like he was saying, clear, stop like glorifying these moments where you're so strong, and I have this little ability, this, this space left at the end. This is what you need to be celebrating. And this was such a mindset shift for me. Because I started having flashbacks to when 
my strength was really strong. So I had to say um, my, my strength here. Now, in my 20s and my 30s, I was this capable, professional, confident young woman. I had, I just had so many things that the Lord had allowed me to do. Um, and I was, a, I was a primary school teacher. I was not responsible for other people. I was sleeping through the night. I had leadership positions. I got to travel internationally and live in the Philippines. And I lived in Asia for five years, but in, in the Philippines specifically, we've got a lovely contingent of Philippines here. Asians, thank you so much for being part of our church. Um, Panala, is that correct, family? Oh, I have it wrong. The sad thing is that the dialect that I learned, so I would say, mine bontag satanan. These girls, even though, it, it, do any of you speak? Together, um, Visaya, none of them. Same nation, there's about there's like hundreds of different languages, so so sad. But never mind, they, they just pretend that they, they get what I'm talking about. Um, I was traveling internationally, speaking in front of people, choreographing dances that were seen by hundreds, speak, you know, speaking and, and ministering to children's lives, and um, whether it was overseas or in New Zealand, and I just, I thought to myself, wow, all of, those, all of those years where I thought I was doing these amazing things for Jesus, I had lots of natural strength, lots of um, uh, clear mind, lots of energy, lots of time to, to do all of these things. And I really, I thought this was what I needed to celebrate and to focus on. And yes, Jesus had this ability to shine through me, he did. But he was showing me, take your eyes off what you used to be like and put your eyes on right now where, you're, where you can actually start celebrating these weaknesses because look how much more like, power I have to transform your stories. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I've been living in this kind of way for the last few years of our marriage and if you're ready I will take you on another real life story because we're being real this morning we're being vulnerable and my prayer is that as I'm vulnerable with you you'll in turn have the courage to be vulnerable with others and first of all with yourself second of all with the Lord and eventually with other people so buckle your seatbelts we're going to go for round two this one is um, slightly more serious, and but please hang in there. If you are someone who would love to be married and have children in the future, please know that our story has an amazing ending um, and is still continuing thanks to Jesus and thanks to God's strength. But it did start pretty rough. Four years ago, I married the man of my dreams the one I felt like I'd waited my whole life for. Um, I, he was my first boyfriend and my first kiss, all of that. We felt like we did everything right, saving our first time of intimacy for the honeymoon. That's fantastic. Yeah. Please, what you do whatever you can to, to keep that gift of your virginity for your partner. It's so worth it. Um, but the enemy hates all of that kind of thing. He hates 
godly family formation. Um, we had to do a lot in those first few months of like sharpening each other um, down in, in terms of like, like, whoa, who have I married? <laughs> like looking at each other and saying like, whoa, who have I married? Um, there was, and, and we, we fell pregnant quite soon on, and so there was a lot of emotions for me and changes for me, and Isaac was like, wow, who is this woman? <laughs> um, but to be honest, I was so sure I was going to excel at motherhood. I'd given my life to working with children. I, I'd loved them for as long as I could remember, and I thought that surely, all of those years of being patient and kind to hundreds of other people's children that surely I would be a flippant superhero of a nine. <laughs> but our level of expectation, I'm not sure if you've seen this diagram, but this is so good. The level of your expectation versus the reality of what actually happens equals the level of disappointment. Right. And frustration, confusion, etc, etc. And our personal story was that I had uh, some, some very traumatic experiences after the, the birth and after the birth of our baby and it was just like one thing after another kept on happening to myself, very confusing for Isaac. We both made decisions and choices that were um, that we regretted. Um, it was just a very confusing, frustrating time. Sometimes downright demonic. Right. There were times I felt like I, if I could reach open the heavens of our above our home, that I could almost see the angels and the demons fighting it out for our family. Right. Um, it was. Truly, it pushed early parenthood and early marriage pushed Isaac and I to our absolute limits, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Um, I, I ended up with postnatal distress and deep anxiety. It was almost like I was shaking internally for months on end. I would come to church and just hide in the crash and weep into Caroline's arms and the support that Wes and Caroline and the team gave us was phenomenal through that time. We can never thank you guys enough. Um, and that's why being planted in the church family is so important. Um, and to be real, I'm so pleased we were real. We were real, we were honest and we, we desperately wanted to get help. Um, I, I was struggling to sleep. I ended up on antidepressants and sometimes sleeping medication to get me to sleep. Um, we each had many hours of counselling. For me, I had, I had to deal with a lot of anxiety. For Isaac, he was dealing with, with a lot of anger and figuring out, like, how do I deal with all of this? Because um, another diagram, you're getting to know me, another diagram is that um, things like anger, they sit at the top of the iceberg. So let's put A for anger up here. Um, and that's what we see, but actually underneath is confusion yeah. or hopelessness or fear or whatever it is that we're dealing with. It's, it, this is what, and when Isaac was able to go and get support, 
deal with what's under here. And we started to see awesome changes in his life with um, the ability to understand his emotions and to express them appropriately and effectively in our family. So proud of of him and the, the journey he's been on. God, he did incredible things in my life as well. And I got so much counseling, so much support. Um, and it was during that season that I was given a Sheila Walsh book called It's Okay Not To Be Okay. And if you're currently going through some things that are making you really feel not okay, I'd love you to get your hands on that book. Now she took us, we're gonna go to another verse now. She, she showed, she shined revelation on John 6 verse five. So let's go there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And in John 6, you'll know the story, you'll be familiar with the fact that Jesus did this amazing thing with loaves and fish. If you don't know the story, I'm about to tell you. So, um, Jesus soon saw a large crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Um, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000 people. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces, and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had been eating from, who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Now, when I grasped hold of that concept, this is the concept, here we go. I'm going to, let's get blue for fish. Okay, let's say there's this huge crowd here, right? I'm going to describe the, is it two fish or five fish? Okay, here's the two fish, and they're always smiling because they're Jesus fish, right? One, two, three, four, five barley loaves. So Jesus took what was weak, he took the small, and he thanked God for it. He's like, whoa, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus for the small, thank you Jesus for the weak. Thank you for the little. Please multiply it. And look what Jesus did. He, like these fish, let's say times, pretend there's 500 men, let's say there's another 500 women, another 5,000. So let's say there's, what, 15,000 times that of fish or whatever and enough bread. I mean, wow, crazy. <laughs> he took this, two yeah. little fish, five loaves of bread, and went kaboom. 
with his strength and his power. Sorry. And there was leftovers. <laughs> like, that is just mind-blowing. So, take, let's go back. This is now, we're still back in that place where it was like a living hell. High anxiety for me. Isaac struggling. Work for pressures, financial pressures. Trying to figure out how to be mum and dad. Trying to figure out how to be husband and wife. I would wake up in the morning and it was almost all I could do. Get out of bed before baby wakes up. Maybe sometimes after he was awake. Get on my knees before Jesus. Hold up my hands. And give him my five little pieces of pathetic bread in the two fish. To be honest, it felt like I didn't even have that. I had nothing left to give. And I would say to him, Jesus, I thank you that you thank God for this. You thank God for my little. You, you actually celebrate it because you're going to do something incredible. And I pray that you would take my little, my nothing, and to do it, do something with it, turn it into your, something for your glory. Bless it and multiply it into something big. Friends, he did do that. Look what the Lord has done in our lives. He's kept our marriage together. We are still together through everything we went through, through everything the, Lord, uh, the enemy tried to throw our, our way. He kept us alive yeah. and sane and well. He taught us how to be a family. He taught us how to communicate. Classic example, you know, just to show, show how far we've come. Last night, the topic of finances came up. I mean, who wants to talk about finances? Especially the day that before I'm about to preach. And it was just like the enemy was like, Finances. Have some fun with that. <laughs> Tell them how far you've come. And so, but and we were able to actually. Yes, I still got upset. I was frustrated, but and we were both frustrated. But we didn't end up walking out, slamming the door on each other, or whatever it was that we used to do, stonewalling, where we can't even look at each other in the face. It didn't happen last night. We were able to, we've learned so much. We were able to talk things through, come back to each other, say we're sorry, pray together, all of those things. And that's just one example of, of what the Lord is doing in our lives. He's freed me from that medication that I was on. He's freed me from living in that absolute cloud of anxiety that I was living in for so long. And he gave us a second chance at parenthood with our little boy Jordan. He was, the, the birth was so different. I asked Isaac what it was like and he said it was beautiful. I mean, how different is that from trauma? It was just so beautiful. It was so, and in those first few weeks, yes, there were ups and downs, becoming, going from a family of three to a family of four, but the Lord gave us a second chance because look, the reason we get to do second chances is because Jesus, God does second chances yeah, with yeah, us. Good. So good. Yeah. Um, in Psalm, this sums up what God has done in my life. Psalm 40, verse 2 to 3, again from the New Living Translation. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He's lifted me out. 
lifted Isaac out of that, that pit of anger, me out of that pit of anxiety. He's lifted us out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He has set our feet and our marriage and our parenting on solid ground and he's steadied us as we've walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. And get this, he, um, here, many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. It's all about Jesus and his glory and his, his ability wanting to shine in us. He, he wants to celebrate this weakness so that he gets to say, here I am, I'm the King of Kings, I'm the yeah. Lord of Lords, and I want to transform your lives, your crap, your yuck, your dysfunction, and turn it into something beautiful and glorious. He's turned Isaac and my grave into gardens. He's turned our bones, our dry, ugly bones, into uh, armies. He's made ways through the seas. And guess what? We're going back for third helpings. <laughs> Your newest member of Aspire Church is currently inside me. Watch this space, June 2021. We're going back for third helpings. We're doing it again, family. This is just testimony of the fact. Come on up, um, worship team. This is just testimony of the fact of what the Lord has done in our lives. So I'm so much more real and humble, and God is using our family to bring hope, to bring life. God, the enemy knew that one day I'd be standing here and testifying to God's faithfulness of, the, of what he can do with those tiny loaves and fish. It's really all about the Lord anyway. I mean, he says, if, if I have the, the, the grain, the faith inside of the mustard seed, I can move mountains. So it's that same concept. So this morning, would you, would you choose to let God do that mindset shift with you? Stop celebrating the times when, only the times when you are strong and capable. It's okay to be that way and to be having seasons of that. But let's not lose sight of the fact that God wants to take your weaknesses and celebrate them because he's, he's going to turn it into something great, something glorious. So would you stand up with me and just hold out your hands Thank you for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram or check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz.